All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Just after four o'clock, eminent sports leader, TSN. 1260, Jason Gerger, Jason Strudel, with you. Nice Friday. Lots happening tonight. Tonight feels like a really good barbecue night. Chicken, some zucchini. I love the barbecue zucchini. It's probably my fave, my go-to. Oh, I love it. Put that on tinfoil, or what do you do? No, I just uh, put put a little uh, olive oil on it. Yeah. And uh, then some spices, and I just put it right on the rack. Really? Oh. Thick cuts? Yeah. Like, you take a zucchini... I kind of cut it in half, and then I just cut oh, it in, in four stripes down the middle. So you want it to be long. I'm not making uh, – now, some people might just cut them in and have it yeah. like rounds, but yeah. I like to do the long one. So I see, yeah. depends, I guess, on the length of the zucchini. Yeah. If it's super long, then I'll cut it in half. And if it's not right. too long, then just uh, one cut down the middle, baby. Yeah, I can hear I can I get behind that, yeah. Oh, uh, and, and the key, though, is you don't want to overbarb it. You don't want it too soft. You don't want it too hot. It can't no. be El Dante. No, stop. It's, well, it's a, fine. It's an art form. It's the uh, – I love the barbecue. Like, I'm not a great cook, but I barbecue lots. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just like dabbling in lots of different things, right. salmon. and ch- Like, could I make salmon in the, in the stove? Probably, but I never right. do. But I'll do it on the barbecue. What's well, in your genetics, right? Yes. Fire, burning, I, you know. It's true. Yeah, that's, that's right. Mm-hmm. Cave, I'm like a caveman. You are. Yes. Same. Yeah, in some situations, that's it's probably accurate. It's very true. So, I do have a really interesting question to ask our next guest. Because there is a real breaking story, Struddy, that uh, I think our next guest is going to relate to a lot. Oh, boy. Yeah. Let's get to the uh, playoff report brought to you by Tenacor. Uh, did you know that uh, Tenacor, it's family-owned and operated business. It's the, uh, it's the owner's name, Annette, spelled backwards, and then Core is at the end for corporation. Real, you know, they're those guys with their long hair, Strutty. They're real deep thinkers. Yeah, at the yeah. uh, Tenacor, they they do honestly like they have model hair. Do they really? It's crazy. Yeah, like you honestly, Struts, if you met them, like 
I think it might be, well, there'd be a little envy, Sure. but I know how you like attractive men. I do. It yeah. would be like, you would probably want to share their dessert. But older. Put it to... I like older men, right? Like not. Yeah. They're sim no, old, no, but... no. They're similar age to you. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they're a year or not older. I don't know what your age range is, sure. but yeah. you definitely would, you would be, the whole dinner would be, you ask them about their hair. Pretty big strike zone. Yeah. Uh, let's welcome in Craig Button uh, to the show. Butts, how you doing? I'm good. I, like, I can't even, I, I got to get to your question. I got to hear okay. it. So, <laughs> Craig, this was a huge story online in uh, England. So one of the most famous England uh, restaurants, the, the oh, it's a cafe, the shop owner shut it down. He, because he's 80 years of age, he shut it down because he wants to focus, and this is a true story, he wants to focus on becoming top five in the world, 80-plus pickleballers. No joke. This is like a huge story I read over this week. And I, the minute I read it, I was like, Craig Button's going to be like, guys, I've had a really good run at TSN. I'm out. I'm competing in the pickleball. So the, you know what? There's some motivation for you, Buttons. Hey, listen, you, you got to admire somebody that wants to be the best at that age. Yes. We should all aspire to be the best at whatever age we're at, whatever it is, right? I agree. But, like, I think that we, uh, like, I may have to consider because, but I, I guarantee you guys this, if I ever take that decision, and there's a good chance I will, just so you know, <laughs> you will be, you will have it first, okay? Okay, good. Jason and Jason. Yes, and you're like, so you'll be able to break it, right? And, 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 and after, all you're going to see is, I'm going to put up a sign, gone pickleballing. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's amazing to me. When I read it, I was like, this is phenomenal. Like, A, that he was still running his own cafe at 80. That's the part that I was really impressed by. Like, his work with his work ethic, I'm going to give the guy a chance. And it's a limited age category, right? Like, I don't know how many elite 80-year-old right. pickleballers there are. I'm not sure. No, the, the, I don't know either. I will say this. Today is my mother's 85th birthday, but the reason I bring it up is because my aunt, uh, my dear aunt, her, her name was Rita, Auntie Rita. She died when she was 95, so she was my grandmother's sister. She took up belly dancing at 90, <laughs> and after she took up belly dancing, she made us come and watch her first performance. I love it. I love <laughs> oh, it. Oh, yeah. And so her, she had a like, spirit, right? Like, you know, yes. it's unbelievable spirit. <laughs> I can't wait to get the invite when you do that. <laughs> I will be there. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Craig, let's talk a little uh, hockey here. And, you know, I, 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 I always trust the insiders. Like, they, you know, they, have, they know they have the inside track of what's going on. But help me understand why, you know, Kyle Dubas would take a run at, at maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins job. Well, I mean, there's only, I, I, I guess I would answer in, in, in first in the simplest terms, right? And it's a, it's a cliche, but it's true. There's only 32 jobs, you know, the job can become intoxicating and, and, you know, Kyle's just done it for five years, you know, the juice that comes with it. I'm guessing that, you know, that, that that's part of it. Number two is how many people get a chance to go and work with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and, and Chris Letang and, and, you know, a top franchise. I mean, the goal is, you know, similar to what he was trying to do in Toronto, win a Stanley Cup, and, you know, they haven't won one in Toronto for a long time, but this group has won, and, you know, the, the, that becomes a challenge. We just talked about the eight-year-old sh shutting down his cafe. Well, just because you're 37 or 38 years old like Kyle is doesn't mean that you don't want to continue to try to get to the next challenge. So that's what I would th – th those are my two quick answers about why he would do that. Here's the question, Craig, and, and I agree. Like, there's limited jobs, right, and there's no guarantee. 
But, you know, there's there's lots of uncertainty right now in Ottawa, right? First of all, like this ownership bid and stuff, like it's, you know, it's drug on maybe a little bit longer than maybe they wanted. Uh, and so maybe they're just doing their due diligence. Great. But, you know, there's been some rumblings. Maybe they'll make a, a change. And, you know, he's an Ottawa guy. Like, so let's say you're in that position. Like, do you look and, you know, because if you're a coach, there is only 32 jobs, but sometimes taking a job where where it's a really low percentage chance of having the success you want might not be the best job to take, right? Like, if you're Kyle Dubas, if you don't take the Pittsburgh job, I still think you're going to be a sought-after guy, whether it's during the season or next season, right? Yeah, I agree with you, but 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 what also goes into it personally is, is what is your what's your goal? Do you, mm-hmm. you, is, is it to win the Stanley Cup? And do you look at it and going, well, geez, this is this is a heck of a of a challenge for me. This is a a, a significant uh, achievement if I could do that. And and I mean, Sidney Crosby, in my view, is going to go down as one of the best five players all time. And so just just that opportunity to go and work. You know, in that environment with with that quality of player, that quality of person, I, I think that in and of itself is enticing. And you know, one of the things there's no guarantees. You might look and you might try to size up. Oh, this situation is better. That situation is better. You know, who knows? I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. And and, and I think Kyle having just gone, he started with the Toronto Maple Leafs when they were pretty close to the bottom of the league, and then bottomed out. And you know, he said, "Hey, I, I can try to tackle this. I want to try to tackle this. This is a different." This is a different challenge, and I, I I don't think there's one situation that you would be you sit down and be ideal. Every situation comes with its own unique uh, challenges and its own unique obstacles. There's there's no perfect situation out there, and I think you have to recognize that as well. When you look at uh, you know some of the, the the series going on, I guess the only one going on, and you see Dallas is able to get back in there uh, with 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 a win last night. You know, is is that enough to kind of get you started in the right direction to believe and you can you can take down this team that's kind of had not had their way with you, but you know at least been up three one at this point. What I would say, Jason, is this, and you know, you and you and me have talked about this. I mean, you, you know, at some point in time, you know, when you're in a playoff series, you, you know, wherever you're at, you and when you're behind, you certainly have to start getting in the right direction. You're down two nothing. You don't want to get down three nothing, but you fall. Well, it starts with getting in on the right in the right direction with winning one game. You know, it, 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 you can't get ahead of yourself. It's the worst thing you can do. But if you don't get started in that direction and, and on a positive foot, you you, you got no chance. So I, I think that you know they lost two games in overtime. I thought they played pretty well in Vegas. A couple of blunders at inopportune times against a team that really doesn't beat itself. I, I think that the Vegas Gold Knights are a really good example of a team that is disciplined and really carries about their business with a, with a real significant purpose of, listen, we, we might bend, but we're not going to break. But if you break, we're going to take advantage. But th- this is what you have to do when you get up against these uh, scenarios. So step one, I guess what I would say, Jason, is it's step one. And, and it's an important step because without taking that step, it's over, it's done, it's finished. So, you know, but I, I think it's also, you, you can draw some, some positives from the fact that you did play well for two games in uh, Vegas, and you try to build on that as well. 411 on Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. Jason Greger, Jason Strudwick, uh, Craig Button joins us. And uh, Craig, there, you know, there's the the coaching openings. Of, I'm not sure. Uh, how big of a rush do you think it is to fill your coaching vacancy? At the, like, obviously, I think the GM role in Toronto is obviously in Pittsburgh. Like that—that's more important. But having been a GM, 
how much of a rush is there to get your coaching staff announced? Well, I, I think, you, you, you know, a lot of work gets done right at this time of the year. A lot of significant work. You know, what do you want to do with uh, players on your team? Or, you, you know, you might have engaged in discussions about trading them. Uh, you, you might, and, and you're talking to other teams about uh, potential options. You, you, I think you always want to include your coach in that. And, you know, like, I'll give you an example. New York Rangers. So we've watched Capo Caco, we've watched Alexi Lafreniere, and we've asked ourselves, you know, is, is there more there? Is there more potential? Those are high picks. And now you start to ask yourself, okay, should we trade them? Is there something out there that can make our team better? Is it the wise move? Well, uh, you bring in a coach, and the coach comes in and says, wait a second, I want to work with Lafreniere. I, like, I, I think there's a lot there. You know, we see that a lot with players where a coach comes in and says, no, I want to work with that player. It, it, it works the other way, too. Well, yeah, you know, if you think that that's best, you know him better. You know, it's, um, you know you're going to have to trust yourself. But I, from a manager, I want the input of my coach. That doesn't mean that you, you do everything your coach says or you don't do everything your coach says. You just want that input so that it's more information to make a decision that, that you hope will benefit the organization and ultimately the coach that, that you hired. Joined by Craig Button talking all things NHL. Craig, uh, you know, obviously a, a short time ago we found out that Conrad Darv was going to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, you know, how much has this changed, maybe the plan that that, that organization had going to the summer, now knowing that this player will be there? And, and you know, as far as being a, maybe a dumping ground for contracts or, you know, to, to accumulate assets, like how do they – does this alter their plan in, in, in the short and longer term, obviously? Well, I, I, I don't think it should alter it in the longer term because the first thing, I, you, you got to look at your own team. You got to look at your own team where, where, where they are. So they got some good young players, and, but they're not ready to come in and help your team be successful. And this is a team that wasn't very successful this year, and they're, they're not going to be successful next year. So I don't think it changes what your long-term outlook is. You got to let the younger players develop and mature and, and, and get themselves ready to come to the NHL and, and not only play and compete, but to help you win. But I think knowing that you have Connor Bedard, you, you want to make sure that you get players into place that can support him and, and then not just support him on the ice, but support him off the ice. And, you know, just, you know, what, what I call guideposts, you know, it's, it's going right. to be new for Connor. I mean, he only turns 18 in July and we all benefit from mentors and we all benefit from people that can look out for us and just say, Hey, guide us a little bit, you know, uh, like uh, uh, Mike Leut, I, I love Mike Leut. I, 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 I just respect him so much. And he told me one time, he said, he was told when he turned pro, his, uh, I forget, I think it was Emil Francis told him, he said, put your money in your left pocket, your cash. And Mike said, why would I do that? He goes, because the vast majority of pickpockets are right-handed and people are going to be trying to pickpocket you. And so just, just like, uh, just, it's just a little small example, but Jason and Jason, you both know that you've had people just give you a little, a little guide, a, a little, sure. and you kind of go, Oh yeah, I, I didn't know that. And when you're young, there's a lot of things you don't know. So I think for Kyle Davidson, it's about surrounding uh, Connor with some, with some really good uh, people that can, that can mentor him and, and mentor him in, in, in a way that, you know, it's going to, you know, we know he's going to be a good player. I don't have any question he's going to have a real significant impact at the outset, but there's going to still be growing pains. And you want somebody to just relax, Tom, don't worry. I, I was there. I, I know what you're going through. You know, I, I would even suggest a first round pick, a high first round pick if they're available. Try to have somebody come in there that can relate to him a little bit.
Craig Button joins us now with the Sports Leader TSN twelve sixty. Yeah, it, it makes a, a lot of sense. Uh, one team that I'm interested in, Craig. It, there's lots of people that hey, this is a deep draft. Uh, they, they like this draft. I've talked to lots of uh, the amateur scouts, head amateur scouts of different teams. Who are pretty high. They feel you know you're going to get good players at lots of different spots in the first round, and even they think there's it's like a good draft in the second round. You're the St. Louis Blues, and you you know you won the cup a few years ago. Your your team you've just kind of turned it over a little bit to Cairo and Thomas, young guys coming into it. Would you be at the stage of where they're at to say you know what? I think we're better off. Because even though there's good players here, like those late first round picks likely aren't helping you for three or four years, realistically. So do you think, would you dangle one of those? Would you be in that point now to kind of say, let's get some guys who are 23, 24, 25 for those type of play, for those type of picks now, if we can? Absolutely. 100% absolutely. You know, they got some really good players coming. They, they, they drafted Jimmy Snuggerud from the university, who's at the University of Minnesota last year. Zachary Bolduc, who's playing in the Memorial Cup at the Quebec Ramparts. Dave Neighbors, who's playing for Canada at the World Championships. They got a number of good young players, and, and that's, you know, after Kairou and, and Thomas. So when I look at their team and I see a team that, you know, has some potential, I, I think that Doug Armstrong can make some moves that can get that team back into the playoffs. Specifically, I think they need help on the blue line. And I think by having those picks, there certainly is an opportunity for you to consider, you know, looking at that area of your team and trying to strengthen it with those, with those first-round picks that, are, that, you know, in a lot of cases just might become more attractive to another team, and, and then you can take advantage of it to help your team right now. So I'm, I'm 100% on board with that one. Greg, let's talk a little Memorial Cup that gets going here right away for the next uh, 10, 12 days. Uh, Kamloops and obviously Seattle are, are, are in, the, in the mix there, and they haven't won for a while, the Western League, that is. Is Seattle uh, in a position, you think, to, to be the favorite heading into this, uh, this Memorial Cup this year? I, I, I think so. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say uh, an overwhelming favorite, but I think there's a couple of things, Jason. They're healthy. You, you, you know, they've gone through uh, last year deep into the playoffs with a large group of their players. And, and even like Luke Prokop, who, who came over, Chad Allen, who came over from Prince Albert. He was part of the Memorial Cup in Prince Albert. So they, they understand what it is so they can fit in there and really help this team. I think they're deep from the goaltender through the blue line all the way up to the forwards. I think it's really deep. But I think the Kamloops Blazers are a really, really good team. And it wouldn't shock me one bit if we have a Kamloops-Seattle uh, Memorial Cup final. Quebec and Peterborough are good teams. You don't win your championship in your respective leagues without being a good team, and, and those teams are good. But, you know, handicapping it, you know, Seattle, you know, right there a little bit ahead of Camelot, and Camelot's next. But it, it, it sets up, I think, as a great Memorial Cup, uh, not only with excellent teams, teams that uh, are well-coached, that play really well, and, and there's a lot of star power on the ice. Uh, I think it. I think it sets up as just a, a real magnificent Memorial Cup, like in so many different ways. And Jason, I got to tell you, being in Kamloops now and, and walking around, I, I, I mean, I see different people and I'm running into people, and I, I mean, it's such a wonderful junior market here in Kamloops, a great junior tradition, as you well know. And you know, you get goosebumps, you know, just being around, talking about it, thinking about it. There's times during uh, the hockey season when you end up in a place and you go, you're in the right place. I'm in the right place right now in Kamloops for the Memorial Cup. I really am. Well, uh, Strud's is coming in next week uh, to uh, celebrate the 94 and 95 uh, titles, the last two that uh, Kamloops has, Craig. And, uh, uh, you know, he's been, he's been whispering that he wonders if maybe there'll be a, a Strudwick jersey retirement. Yeah, uh, there's been the some moment. whispers. Like, I, I think it would be very unique. 
Not sure it's ever occurred ever at the Memorial Cup, but it's uh, something to watch for, Craig. So you yeah. might want to, you know, sniff around for that. Let us know what you uncover. Oh, I will. I, I, I will. I, I'm, I'm going to try to peek behind doors to see yeah. if there's any like curtains where they're going to unveil the, the the jersey retirement. It would be special. Uh, you know, I, I know how fondly Jason Shrugwick was thought of here in uh, in Kamloops. And yeah. when you win back-to-back Memorial Cups, yeah. you know, Jason, you know that, that, that that's forever. You only get a certain amount of time to. Uh, to, to compete for a championship in junior hockey, let alone a Memorial Cup championship. I mean, and you go look back at your teams, it, it was pretty impressive. And, you know, just, again, I, I talked to Ken Hitchcock today. I, I ran into Spike, you know, oh, the long-time yeah. equipment guy, trainers, Greg Wallace, you know. It, 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 like I said, I like I, I have goosebumps just walking around because it's just it's such a wonderful place. And I know you will too. And, uh, you know, the, the memories that you built there for, for all the fans and for yourself and your teammates, those are forever. You know, can't wait to see you and can't wait to uh, to hear about your celebrations. Yeah, I'll mention both of you if I, when it happens. And uh, in my speech. <laughs> Jim hey, and Chris, bring, thanks for everything, guys. <laughs> bring, bring, in, bring, in, bring, your, bring your paddle. We might yeah. have a little uh, pickleball oh, yeah. action. Uh, I love it. A little battle on the paddle. I love it. Uh, awesome, Craig. Uh, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week about the Memorial Cup. Yeah, thanks. You have a great weekend, too. It's Craig Button uh, joining us from Kamloops. Memorial Cup begins tonight. And then, of course, uh, with Strutty's Blazers and uh, Seattle gets going uh, tomorrow. They got 11 drafted, drafted players already and four who are going to get drafted this year. Like, they got a loaded team. They're a good team. Like, and some really good 16 year olds, too, that aren't even playing. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. No, they're, uh, they are, uh, they're set up for a bit here for sure. Uh, quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll get to uh, Strud's on and more on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We continue on after Sports Center TSN 1260. Jason Gregor, Jason Sprudwick, Brandon Douglas with you. Time now for Strud's On, brought to you by GS Construction. And uh, they love giving back. They are proud to uh, sponsor the Roast of Kevin Lowe, all in support of uh, Kidsport. If uh, you're uh, interested in going, uh, you can go to uh, kidsportemonton.ca. Get your tickets there. There's a few tickets remaining, and it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Strud has been... Uh, being roasted and being the roast master, which one do you prefer? Well, even when I'm just sitting there minding my own business, I get roasted. It doesn't matter what my role is. That's, I don't know why people want to take a shot at the old dog here. Just mind my own business. I rarely say anything mean to anyone else. Just leave me out of it for once. There you go. Well, you kind of like it, though. You've always said if if you're not chirping, then you're not enjoying it. <laughs> That's so true. I if you sit there it. too long and no one chirps, you're like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. I must not have you, made it. Yeah, so. Didn't make everyone aware I was there. Mm-hmm. I was a target. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> yeah, there's just, you know, there's some random targets in the crowd. It's oh, kind of yeah. how it works. So There's nothing better than chirping someone who's not expecting it. <laughs> that is the best. Yeah. What? Why? What oh, they... yeah, exactly. Uh, that's actually very good. It's so much Just kind of comes out of left field, and the person's just like, what, innocent bystander? Yeah. yeah. It's very true. That's the best. I like that. Let's get to uh, Strud's on. It's time for another edition of Strud's On Pocket Squares. No, I got to be more uh, aggressive, pull it out, show the whole world what I got. Another three, four inches for sure. Car wash wands. At the time, is almost to the point where I put the loony in. I run around and grab my stick, start blowing uh, the water all over the place, and she gone. Raves. I'm not a huge DJ guy. 
I mean, I guess if you hand me a couple glow sticks and a tight white t-shirt that you know, I can get wet, maybe I'd be into it. It's time for Struds On. Right, the, the, gra- the greatest part about this is watching Brandon's reaction to Struds On and, the, and he's just shaking his head at some of the stuff you say. He's like, I got to get a new job. <laughs> you hadn't heard that one about the glow sticks, Brandon, or you, you agree with me? That one I think I must have missed. Uh, I I don't know if I agree with you. Glow sticks, uh, I think I'd rather drink them than go to a rave. All right. Fair point. Fair point. I I actually have never been to a rave, so I, I've only imagined it. Fantasies about it. Maybe one day I can go. Um, all right, let's talk about big hits. You know, we, I didn't get a chance to get to it yesterday, but there was a massive hit. Uh, yeah, you know what's coming. Florida versus Carolina, uh, early early minutes. I think it was the first two minutes of the game or three. It was it was let's just say it was very early. And Jacob Slavin, who's a big man, was coming around the net, and Sam Bennett saw him, tracked him, and went through and did a perfect hit, clean as can be hit. But that is one of the hardest hits I have ever seen. And uh, you know, you know, especially in this new world of of clean hitting right we're not talking about scott stevens and 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 all the hits that happened back there not to single them out but the hits back then were a little bit more to the head he literally sam bennett goes tucks his arm down and skates right through the guy shoulder on chest and i've been hit like that and it literally feels like you're you just stop you just you go dead in your tracks and then what's crazy is that not only did he go dead in his tracks guys but he actually went backwards he was thrown against the wall, and I don't actually think the throw against the wall, and he didn't hit the wall that hard. I don't think that actually was the problem. I think the initial contact, that is what caused all the problem. That hit was, it is a work of art. And let's just call it what it is. Hitting is a skill. It is an unbelievable skill to be able to time it, pull it off, have the strength, the balance, all that in one package, and then run a guy who's bigger than you, not run, but hit a guy who's bigger than you and, you know, cause him some damage. Now, I, you know, I, I hope that Jacob Slavin is, is okay eventually here. He wasn't okay in that moment. And there is risk in sport. There is risk in playing any sport. That was not a direct hit to the head. Was there some issues? Yes, there was. But that's the risk in sport. There, there's always going to be risk in sport. And I, you know, I have to I actually applaud people. There was no one who was saying, that was a dirty hit. You should be kicked out of the game or suspended or anything like that. There's just risk when playing the game. And I believe those hits are clean and should be in the game. Um, and I'm not even going to say that Jacob Slave had his head down. I don't think he really saw him coming as he came around the net. And Sam just test, uh, timed it so perfectly that he absolutely just, oh, it hit so And the one that he hit him so hard. And that, I got hit in junior one time. I went to hit a guy. And this guy was built like a fire hydrant, but five times wider. It was like it was like hitting a muscular SpongeBob SquarePants. That's what it was like. And I hit him, and honestly, I, I honestly thought that my chest cavity had collapsed, had been caved in, because he was so strong. And I never forgot that. And every every from for that was when I was eighteen or nineteen. For years, years after, I still think that that's the hardest. And I tried to hit this guy. That's the scary part. That's what was it? Yeah, uh, he played. I just actually coached again to him the other day. Our, our kids played hockey against each other. He came up to me and said, "Hey, I think it was like Bushnevich. I'd have to look the name up." He played for Saskatoon. He was so so strong, and uh, no, I didn't. I didn't have the issue that uh, that the big guy had here. But I tell you what, Greg, those types of hit man are. They just they're stunners. 
And it's so, it's, it's such a skill. We cannot, it's not dirty. It's a skill play. If you watch Slavin on that hit, there's zero whiplash motion at all from his head and his neck. Like you watch him, it just every, all of the energy is going right to the chest. Yeah. And oh my goodness. Like he went right backwards off his feet and, and you could see like he is stunned. Oh, stunned. But there was no whiplash motion or anything, but those hits hurt. And you, and man, Sam Bennett is a, is a player who has, has really emerged. I, I think he's had an excellent, like that's just one element of his game, right? It's, it's not like, oh, geez, you know what, uh, Sam Bennett, but. Man, he, there's not many guys that hit like, and the thing was, he was coming in on a four check and I think he was expecting that, okay, I'm going to come in and most guys have their head up. And the thing about Slavin is he rarely gets hit yeah, because usually his head's up. And that to me was the most stunning part about it is that he got hit cleanly in an area where usually his head's up. Imagine if that's game one and that guy's out for, I, I'm going to guess at least a game, at least a game, that guy being Slavin. Um, that is like a huge thing. That could have been such a big turning point. But even the fact he wasn't able to play the rest of that game. But I, I'll tell you what, guys and girls, that is that is sport. There is risk in sport. And that everything can be clean, and there's still risk in sport. So, you know, if, if you want to get on a soapbox and preach about slashing, yeah, I'm, I'll be right beside you. You want to talk about hit from behind? Yeah, I'll support you. But hits like that, that's exactly what the intention was. Separate the man from the puck. A hard hit. Uh, and that's the game. That is the game. But my God, the, it'll take a while before we see another hit that is that strong against that big of a guy. That, just dead in his track. And the guy, and the player's name that I'm talking about was Paul uh, Butchkowski. Butchkowski. He was so strong. Um, he absolutely just stopped me in my track. God, he was a strong guy. Did he remember the hit when he saw you? I didn't get a chance to talk to him. <laughs> His, I think his team beat ours like five one, and I had a uh, run out of there. Uh, I, but I want, I, I would like to ho- talk to him. He's actually he was telling me he has twins. He has twins, and they were playing against my son, which Jeez. is kind of neat. I love seeing old guys I played against and see like which one's your kid. You're like, oh, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that being your kid. You know, like because they kind of play the same. Was he running kids? No, his he had twins. His kids, I did. I thought they were actually quite skilled. They were they were a skilled team out of Saskatoon. He lives there. Brad Brown, I played against him. I fought him many times. Yep. I ran into him, and he, his son was pretty aggressive. It's just like him. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's not yeah, like... There's the apple didn't fall far yeah, from the tree I, is what not, you're saying. That's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'll just be clear that he was a pretty, pretty aggressive player. We'll come back. We have uh, five questions and more on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Pause of Friday continues on. Jason Greger Show, presented by, of course, title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca, where tonight, $60 million is up for grabs. How about that? Somebody forget. Check your tickets. There's a $70 million Lotto Max ticket that expires coming up right away because you have a year to cash it in. Crazy. So if you bought one um, in the last year and you haven't checked it out, you might want to. Could you imagine that? 70 mil sitting in your wallet. Feel good in my pocket. Yeah, be nice. Let's get to five questions now brought to you by The Brick. They always have great deals on indoor furniture, but now also patio furniture. Conversation and sectional sets, barbecues, outdoor TVs, and much more. The most out of the fun in the sun happens at The Brick. 
It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. Gentlemen, we've talked uh, all week about different things on GM Ken Holland's to-do list. Another one is deciding what to do with his fourth line. Derek Ryan, Matthias Janmark, and Kleem Kostin, uh, he is an RFA, are all due new contracts this offseason. If you could only bring one of those three back, which one would you be picking? I'm going to go with Kostin, not because I don't like the other two guys, but that was his first year in the NHL. So what is what has he looked like in year two? What he's learned, how he can improve, um, and just understanding the league better. So I, I think just with the upside of what, could be year two for Clean. I'm going to go with Mr. Costin. Gregor? It's a good question. Um, hey, you know, Clinton Costin's a player that, you know, you look at and you feel like there's lots of potential there. It's untapped. He's a young player. Big, strong. I think he's gaining confidence. Derek Ryan um, is near the end of his career. But, I, you know... I think they're going to have two of those three, and I think it's probably going to be Costin and, and Ryan. The only risk in Costin is going to be price point mm-hmm. because he's an RFA with Arbrights, and if you look at his goal totals and everything, he has pretty good production in limited minutes and limited game play, and that mm-hmm. that could help him maybe get a higher salary than he wants. So I wonder, I'm curious if the orders potentially do what the Vegas did with Brett Howden. They did not qualify Brett Howden mm-hmm. and then signed him right away to a contract. Right? So... You know, because there's the risk of, well, geez, if you go to arbitration, you're going to get more than we're willing to do. And that might happen with cost. Yeah, as a former student at the University of Alberta, I will honor the Golden Bears legend and say Derek Ryan back (laughs) in that fourth line center spot, I think, does a lot of good for the Oilers. Question number two, earlier this afternoon, we had Caitlin McGrath on to talk Blue Jays, and she talked about the strength of the AL East. The Blue Jays' current record inside that division, 6-15, sitting in fifth place. Come this season's end, what place in the division will the Jays be sitting? It's a really good question. It's a tough division. You're going to have to be third to make the playoffs. So that means they're going to have to jump over two teams. Like I got to think that Alex Manoa is going to figure it out at some point. And you know what? I still, I'm going to say this. Sorry, Jays fans. They're going to finish fourth. I'm with you, man. I just think that it's it's this this slump has been really hard on them, and they've lost ground. And I have a hard time envisioning someone else really going off the rails. Um, so unless there's some injuries, so I'm I think they're going to finish out of the playoffs as well, which would be a really good team to miss the playoffs. Yeah, and that exact hope, like you said, Jason, to to get in to the postseason, they're almost certainly going to have to finish at least third. Uh, and I am hoping that they will do so so we can see some more fall baseball down in the sixth. Question number three for you guys. Memorial Cup action gets underway today with host Kamloops taking on the Ramparts. What player from across the board are you most excited to watch over the course of the next 10 days at the tournament? Well, I loved watching them play in the Memorial Cup, the last couple actually, So, or sorry, in the uh, in the World Juniors. I'm going to go Owen Zellweger, defenseman, Kamloops Blazers. You are a big fan of his. Um, I do like him. Oof. I would go probably going to go Davidson for Seattle. Veteran guys, older. I just, he's been a real late developer, just gotten better and better yeah. and better. And I think that there's, he's drafted already, you know, went through the draft a few times, wasn't drafted. Then he got drafted. And I think he's a guy to watch as far as somebody who's going to be 
you know, a little bit of maybe potentially looked at as a late developer, a guy who was overlooked a bit and just continues to get better. I will go with a goaltender, Thomas Millich of the Thunderbirds. He's had an incredible last couple playoff runs and obviously his success with Team Canada at the World Juniors as well. Like to see if he can keep that going now on an even bigger stage and see if that might land him uh, some NHL interest heading into the summertime. Question number four, a Friday hypothetical for you guys. This past week, we have seen Brooks Kepka throw his support behind the Florida Panthers uh, and a lot of support at that. Uh, and then last night, Mike Tyson and both and Ric Flair were in Stars jerseys. So my question to you guys, what non-hockey athlete, past or present, would you want to go watch a playoff game with? Yeah, I saw those two guys in there. And I was with, with Domi, uh, the Nature Boy, and uh, Mike Tyson. That's pretty three pretty tough customers who are pretty good talkers as well. So I, that must have been quite a chat in there. As far as non-hockey athlete I want to sit with, I mean, he was always one of my favorites. I think Michael Jordan. I'd love to sit with him and more so to talk to him than to watch the game, but hopefully he'd enjoy the game as well. I'd go MJ. Not a bad one. Um, I would probably go Steve Nash. Oh. Because... I would assume he would have enough of an interest in the game where I don't have to explain the game to him. <laughs> right. Cause if you're there with Barkley, yeah. which is fine, but you know, like, I don't know. I want to have a conversation about other things, but Nash can at least follow the right. game enough. So you can make a comment or two about the game. And then, you know, he two time MVP in the NBA is a Canadian. That's yeah. still one of the greatest accomplishments ever. When you look at a Canadian athlete and, and probably one of the more unexpected ones, mm -hmm. he's also an elite soccer player. So you know, he's coaching the NBA. I think you'd have lots of different viewpoints in a lot of different sports. So I'll go with that. I like that. Uh, I'll take a bit of a chalk pick here. I think Charles Barkley would be a riot of a time yeah. at a, a playoff hockey game. He's a big hockey fan, so you know he wouldn't be uh, kind of disregarding his time there. He'd be, enjoy he'd be enjoying it, and I think anybody in his company would be enjoying it as well. And one final one for you guys, steering away from sports. Connor Halley getting married this weekend with the understanding that all relationships are different and have different needs and wants, what is some overarching marriage, marriage advice that you would offer to Connor or any other newlyweds this summer as we head into wedding season? Yeah, two happily married guys here, right? Uh, obviously, we know exactly what to do. So I, I'll start. I, I think that the, <laughs> the big thing is this, is you want to be, um, how can I say this nicely? Like, pick your battles. You know, our... It, is there something that, you know, you, it, it might bother you a little bit, but is it really worth going in there and fighting? Because I think you only have so many, to be held, I don't think there should be a ton of fights fighting over everything. Like, you know, where she hasn't put her cereal bowl back. Are you going to explode over that? Um, you know, they're just, there's, I think you have to just pick your fights. and Or not your fights, but something you're, you're looking for a confrontation for. And other than that, just kind of roll with it. Greg's, what about you? What do you got as marital advice? Oh, geez. Um, well, I would agree. Like, you, you, if you want to sweat the small stuff, you're screwed. That's yeah, a better so way of saying it. Good one. I would, um, to me, honestly, I think to have a successful marriage, you have to look at it and say, your both people's happiness is equal. And some days you have to do things that make them happy. Yeah. And make sure before you're married that you're with someone who believes that your happiness is just as important as theirs. That would be my number. And here's the, the greatest advice on, on being married. 
if you have any serious doubts before, do not get married. The the belief that if you get married, things will change. Oh, if we have a kid together, this is oh. good. No, having a kid together is going to make it worse if you're not on the same page before you start. So I would always recommend that, you know, have honest questions and be like, hey, this is what I need. And if yeah. the person can't give you what you need, as long as you're not narcissistic and completely self-centered, because then no one's going to do it. Right. But if you're willing to be like, hey, I got to give and take here. Yeah. But if they're not, if that doesn't work before, then get out. Because, man, there's nothing more infuriating than see people do it. They go through all the rigmarole. Two, three years later, they're out. And now they got one kid. And it's just like, this is brutal. So, because now you're connected for life. Yeah. Or life. Right? Like, if you, if you get, if you break up, but think about your ex. If you don't have kids together and you break up, when do you ever have to talk to them? Maybe you run into them here or there. Maybe sure. you stay friends on Facebook or whatever. But you don't have to. If you have kids together, you're together now. Even if you're apart, you're together. Yeah, you're 18 years. Yeah. It's 18 years. Minimum. Yeah. Because ask any parent. Uh, you're, you don't just stop parenting yeah. at 18. No, that's true. <laughs> what about you, big boy? You got any advice you've seen other people use? Uh, the only relationship I could offer anybody is maybe how to pick up some older women at Cook County. But that is the <laughs> only <laughs> advice I could offer. Are you a good dancer, buddy? Uh, I like to think so, but my don't my knees can't really take it anymore. I've already had them rebuilt a couple times. So really, what happened? Are you a back catcher or what? Uh, yes, but my most recent ACL injury was a result of uh, an incident at a bachelor party. Oh yeah, you know how that goes. Oh, I do. Jeez, That's too bad. So body's falling apart, eh? So you can't two step. I oh. still I still get out there and, yeah. and break it down every now and again, but you have to drag your leg one leg behind. Exactly, yeah, it's like a fall asleep. Do you know how to two-step? Oh, I two-step. You do? I'm not great, but I okay. get out there. Okay. You know when I they play that song, uh, I Knew the Bride Choose yes. to Rock and Roll. I know. What's your fave? You like that song, Brandon? You ever get into that one? That's a classic. That one love always that gets one. The, the party going at oh, the weddings. God, I love that one. Love that song. Just dancing all over the dance floor, sliding around, looking like greased oil. So smooth. Is greased oil smoother than normal uh, oil? I was hoping you guys wouldn't hear that one. You know, he's just rolling around having a good time out there. Because uh, I'll tell you, a grease pig, that's oily, Strutty. Buddy, that was probably one of the greatest. When you go to a fair as a young, anybody who's from rural Alberta yeah. Yeah. or maybe had family that lived in rural Alberta, if you haven't been in a greased pig race, I'm not really sure you can declare yourself a true rural person. That's It was like a, you know, that and mutton busting. It's pretty sure. much those are certain things. And Brando's from the farm. I, I think he would agree with this. Like, those are certain staples of your life. They, if if you want to be really classified as being growing up on the sure. farm in the rural right. area, mutton busting and grease pig, that's pretty much near the top of the list. How big are the pigs? Are you talking like? Well, they're little piglets. You're not, you're not going what after a, a sow. What do they weigh? Like, what, 20 uh, pounds? Yeah, probably 20, 25. So it's not a muscle thing. It's just well, no, quickness. No, it's quickness, buddy. And it's greased up. Like, yeah, I, it is hard. Where do you have to come under? Underneath the... No, no, no. It's, you usually you go like in the rodeo. Yeah, no, where do you grab? No, them? no, where you're trying you... to get the legs, buddy. Like you, you sure you can try to dive deep. on it. You want to maybe go full, full tackle, but it's difficult. You got to hope to get a. You got to hope to get one of the legs. It's really? your best shot. And those aren't greasy. Oh That'd no, they're a little greasy, but they're less greasy. Jeez, I hope. Jeez, I've never seen that. You've never seen some to the kids in the grease pig. No. Now I'll be honest. Do they even do that anymore? Uh, I have seen. So last summer, my job okay, was good. going out to a lot of uh, small town rodeos and stuff. Love and um, where what, I was south of Edson somewhere out in the West Country. And they oh, had yeah. like the smallest kids chased after chickens. And then 
the bigger kids chased after piglets and then the biggest kids chased after like medium-sized pigs so Ooh. it does still exist you probably got to get out pretty west of the fifth to find it most places how big but... how big are those big pigs are they 100 pounders uh maybe not quite like what does a big pig come roll in at well a big sow man it can be four or five hundred oh, six hundred pounds that'd be a pretty like big those, yeah you're like yeah you're not taking down a set now <laughs> when i was in high school and we, we had a at a party a few times we had my city friends would come out and i'd have them in the outside pig pen and see if they could ride the pigs jeez a 400 pounder oh yeah can you get your legs over that? Like, well, I yeah, you can sit on top of, of it. But thing. the thing about, like, the, first of all, like, there's nowhere to hold on. Yeah, right. Right. And the, the the pigs, surprisingly, they are, you know what? They turn quick. Pretty agile. Oh, yes. You don't want to hold on to the tail? Don't pigs have a nice little tail? Don't no, they? they have a little curly tail at the back. And unless you're going to be, well, no, you can't hold on to it. Yeah. Like I guess that. you could try. But, like, so, there, I, I will say, though, there's, it was always unique in growing up and you have some friends from the city who come to the farm. Oh, for sure. And there was lots of things that, that they would witness that they'd never seen in their life. And for you yeah. as a farm kid, it was like no big deal, right? Like I've seen, I've seen pretty much every animal, you know, horse, cow, sure. pig, you know, they breed. It's all very different. But for a city kid, like I remember people being just like scarred when, uh, when they watched uh, from one of my buddies was over just, and now I remember the first time I saw it as a kid and our neighbor brought the stallion over Oh, and I still was a little, he's like, cool. This is like a real battle going on in yeah. here. Like the mayor would kick the living you know what out of it until finally he had to be like perfect. Yeah. So that was a little bit different. And then uh, the one though that always got chuckles was when people within the city people would see the boar and the sow because a lot of people don't know that a boar's um, little wiener is almost like a corkscrew. Yeah. I did actually know that. Yeah. I can't imagine why I know that. Yeah. So that was always one where people it's were weird. just like, "What is going on here?" So it's like oh, you know, it's like you're putting it in a wine bottle. Getting the cork out. Jeez. But it's true. I think it was good for kids. You got to learn. It's like people were yeah. just like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's no big deal. So it's an eye opener. You got to learn some of the stuff. And mutton busting. Now, hey, mutton busting, that, well, steer riding's the next level. Like steer riding's yeah. kind of like your graduation. And, you know, there's bar mitzvahs. I think on the farm, it's steer riding. Right. That's, that's kind that. of your entrance into manhood. And it, it's not pretty at times. Oh, I believe I'm not going to lie. It was, it you was don't not have to fun. Convince me. You don't have to convince me. So it was not fun because my cousin's Rod Warren and he was like the all around Canadian champ for many yeah. years in rodeo. And so like they had a full on yeah. rodeo ring. So you're 14 and I'm out. Oh, yeah. And you know, I love like the farm. Yeah. I'm not scared of them. But man, you get on a steer. That's next level. Yeah. Like yeah. You, you feel like you're you're ripping your wrist right out of your wrist, yeah. your forearms, your elbows. Whew, I'm out. Stuff. Tap me out. But it was still a thrill like to last even like seven or eight seconds. It's hard to describe the euphoria yeah. of that. Put me at the seven eight. Year olds. I'll probably grab a like, grease pig. You know the euphoria you felt scoring your shootout goal. Yeah, I'm probably similar. Equate it. Yeah, equate it similar. Not, right? I don't want no part of that. I don't. I just want to watch from a distance. No problem. I'll. I'll oh no, you're way too big now. Like if you try to ride a steer, I'd give you me. Like by the time the steer comes out of the chute, and no offense to you. Yeah, no, none taken. It would be two seconds max. I don't. I don't think yeah. I'd even get on it. Yeah. Oh no, that's probably like, true. DNQ, whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah. Did not well, disqualify. Yeah, yeah. Just I'm out. Did not finish. I'm out, chill, dog. Did not start. You might yeah, be a DNS. I'm out. No problem. Yeah. Ah, you're such a softy. You wouldn't just yeah. want to sit on it. I am. Just what about getting in the actual? Just sit no, on it for a I second. Wouldn't, no, because what if the door opened max? I don't want any far. I want to well, have my tight It's not a screen door. Jeans. It's not like the the, the steer can just guys. put his head on it. Even when they shake, they're like, yeah, okay, okay. <sighs> what if they just like misinterpret my Sorry, signs? How about this? Would you trust me? I wouldn't open no, the gate for you. I would, no, I wouldn't trust anyone. Even old, the bad knees dancer over here, the tiny dancer. I don't trust him either. I don't trust anybody. 
for the weekend, anybody going to game six or seven? The Celtics or the Stars? I think the Celtics, no, I, I don't think so. I think the Heat figured out at home. Okay. And I also think that L, or Vegas says so. Good night. We will have, we'll be talking yeah. championship week. Yeah, I love it. I want them both to run at the same time. I love that idea. All right. Yeah. Have yourself a good weekend. See you guys, girls. Take a quick uh, Sports Center update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. If you need quality tractor, lawnmower, service, they got it all. EdmontonKubota.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 